in a, a not a horror movie. If you were going to be in a Hallmark movie, a Hallmark horror movie, if you were going to be in a Hallmark movie, what would the plot of that Hallmark movie be? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, first of all, let me say I would love to be in Hallmark film. I would totally do that any day. I think um, you'd be great. Thank you. Um, didn't we have an idea where someone has to like save the community and there was like the dress store? Remember, remember oh my that? gosh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, but what was your job? Were you like big city oh, oh, gal? That no. Yes, I came back home mm-hmm. and um, or I was running a dress store, something like that. And um, there was someone trying to like come in and change the community like take oh, over right. the like, town hot or, like, shot hot shot lawyer guy or something that like or blows in the town new chief or yeah there was something we it was very convoluted i so can't you'd remember be a, dr- a dressmaker so you'd be a dressmaker <clears throat> i like that i like that dress shop in the small town and somebody comes in and barges in on your community and you're not having it but he has really <laughs> nice pectoral muscles and so you yeah. fall in love <laughs> Right? Yeah, he has to not, you know, change his ways, of course. He has and to change his ways, but awful. not his pecs, because we like those <laughs> right, already. Right. The pecs are good yes. the way they are. <laughs> uh, Sarah, what about you? If you were in a Hallmark movie, what would the plot of your Hallmark movie be? I would be the town vet and um, <laughs> one of the men who brought in his dog would uh, start bringing his dog in far too often than he needed to and, and you're uh, like this dog is healthy this dog is perfect but, but he's like bringing in different dogs like he starts bringing in neighbors dogs just as an excuse you're yeah. like is this how many dogs do you have sir yeah and then he I starts like to no i'm not going to go down the dark road it's fine just oh. leave, leave it at that <laughs> sir was about to turn this into a Bunch lifetime that's proxy. lifetime oh no you're right why did you a, say a lifetime thriller Munchausen syndrome by proxy with dogs. <laughs> That's not a romantic movie. Sarah, stop it. Sorry. <clears throat> I don't know what my Hallmark movie would what be. What about you? I don't know. Come what on. would my Hallmark movie be? Uh, I feel like I'd be like um, some scrappy, like sassy lawyer or something. You're a nonprofit pro bono lawyer. Yes. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yes. Uh, That's all I have. <laughs> and I and I but I'm constantly spilling things on myself. Like everywhere I go, I'm always like bumping into people and getting drinks spilled on me. But I gotta get to the big case. Oh, I no, got a you big have case. To save, yeah, you have to save the historical building because oh they're God. gonna tear it down. This, this big is... developer is gonna <laughs> But but the historical building, but the historical building is curated by this super hot nerd with glasses, but then when you take his glasses off, he's like yeah. way hot. Yep. Okay. Or, into it. or you're like, no, put them back on. No, I like put glasses. Them back on. I like glasses <laughs> or no glasses. I can see your yeah. hotness with the glasses on. You know, yes. I like a guy in glasses. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to a Star Wars convention together. Okay. Yes. So. Yeah. Oh, you meet there. <laughs> uh, we meet, and then I, I'm like, "Aren't you the guy from the history thing?" 
And then we're at the same booth getting our picture signed by Mark Hamill. No, no, it has to be Mark Hamill's going to be a special guest in my Lifetime movie. But Nicole, it has to be you want to tear the building down and he wants... I don't want to tear the building down. I'm trying to fight for his building. What I'm saying is there's conflict if he wants to keep the building up and you want to tear tear it down. No, I don't want to tear the building down. conflict, Nicole. No, he wants to tear it down. She wants to... Save Why it. does he want to tear it down? He's in the he's an architect someone, from the big someone city. Someone wants to tear it <laughs> down. Oh, so he's an architect from the big city now, not the, <laughs> not the guy who wants. No, Kenny Kenny the inept the inept uh museum guy runs the building and he's got a crush on me, but I like the hot architect who wants to turn yes. the building down. Yes. But yes. then I I think he's a real jerk. But then we meet at the Star Wars convention and we both get and our pictures like, signed by Mark Hamill. And actually, it turns out we have a lot in common. This mm-hmm. is great. This writes itself. <laughs> Write that. <laughs> Pitch it to welcome, Hallmark, please. <laughs> welcome to the Feminine Mistake Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And uh, today to talk about Hallmark films that could have been and Hulu Christmas (laughs) films that have been, uh, welcome our special guest, actor, photographer, and audiobook narrator, Julie Jones-Ivy. Hello. (laughs) Glad to be here. Welcome back, Julie. Uh, (laughs) Welcome back to part two of our discussion on Happiest Season. Uh, It is a film... Uh, written and directed by Clea Duvall and uh, starring Kristen Stewart, Dan Levy, Mackenzie Davis, and a whole and Aubrey Plaza Alison and Brie. A, Allison Brie and a whole host of other awesome people. You can watch it on Hulu right now. Uh, I, I didn't uh, I f- didn't mention this during the main part of our discussion, but uh, did you guys know that this film was shooting? So it shot in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. which is where the film takes place. They shot it. They wrapped it in February 2020 right before all the quarantine oh, stuff wow. happened. So this Ooh. movie got made just right before, wow. right before all the, so they were having, uh, they were doing this right before uh, lockdown. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's a delightful uh, holiday film and uh, we're going to get into part two of our discussion in just a moment. But first, uh, since this is going to be our last episode of season four, so Sarah, we have now, we're about to complete season four not yet because we've still got the rest of this episode season four of the feminine mistake podcast is is about to be wrapped in this very strange year of 2020 um very strange and as we reflect on the year that was that maybe we'd all like to drink until we forget uh i would (laughs) like us i would like i wouldn't just want to go around and say uh one really (sighs) awesome thing that happened to you in 2020 that you'd like, what is what this year was a pile of shit on a dumpster fire, but at least <laughs> some good things happened. So let's start with our guest, Julie. What's one awesome thing that happened to you in 2020? Well, my husband and I bought a house. That's that was our first right? house. And we did that like a month before coronavirus. So. Congratulations, Julie. Yeah. I forgot that happened because it was like a lifetime ago. Yes, it was. It felt like a. It feels like a very long time ago. But yeah, we moved. Congratulations, in, in, uh, February. Thank you. That's awesome. Um. Wow, that is a wonderful thing that happened. Good for you. Um, That's great, Sarah. What is so awesome thing that happened to you in twenty twenty? Um, I, I found love. You did. That's true. 
Yes. And we are happy for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it, it, I couldn't think of a more deserving person. Oh, thank you. Um. Okay. Let's see. What about I actually, you, Nicole? Man, you know, yeah. 2020 kind of sucked, but like a lot of, there were a lot of like little good things that happened. Um, I really enjoyed starting the Adam and Auntie podcast. Yeah. That has brought me so much joy. Um, if those of you guys who listen to the show, um, we do another show. I've plugged it several times now called the Adam and Andy podcast. And it's really fun. And I have a lot of fun and interacting with people on social media about yeah. the podcast. Like people really like are, have a lot to say about it and like to talk to us about it. And it's really fun. And I just like interacting with other people who enjoy the same things that I like. And that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I would say that's one of the best things that's happened this year for me as well. Um, I have really enjoyed doing Zoom Prov this year, um, which is, again, like another weird thing that happened because of quarantine. Like I was doing improv in real IRL with people and then the pandemic happened and people couldn't go to theaters anymore. So while some outdoor theaters have sort of popped up um improv over zoom has become a real common thing and i've met a lot of really awesome people um the mining for gold improv jam that happens every wednesday uh which is one of the great joys of my life as well as there are other people that i've met through mining for gold who do shows they're based out of new york or they're based out of all these different places that i would never be able to actually perform with them if we had to physically be in the same space and so I've been able to meet all these wonderful people that I talk to all the time and we've never been able to meet in face-to-face we only know each other over zoom and over group chat and uh, uh, they're awesome and they've made my life they've made this quarantine experience like so much more enjoyable just to be able to perform with them and so that has been um, awesome. And I know I only said one thing, but I'm going to say one more thing. And that is that, Sarah, I don't know if you noticed this, but this year on the podcast, every year we try to do at least one film that's directed by a woman. In the past, we've had maybe one film that we've talked about that was directed by a woman. This year we did four films out of the, I we, we started in, in January or mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, out of all the films we did this, uh, year, four of them were directed by women, nice. uh, making Mr. Right, Jennifer's body, clueless, happiest season. And of course, horse girl was not directed by a woman, but it was co-written, uh, by Alison Brie. Wow. So. I'm, Good job. I'm excited about that. So as this show started out, uh, those of you who've been long time listeners of the show, thank you for going on this journey with us. Um, this show started out as let's watch movies, older movies only, you know, was it 20 years or 30 years? 20, 20, 20 years. Yeah. So it had to be 20 years or older. Let's watch them and talk about the flaws, right? The flaws in the characterization of women. And I think that we still do tackle that in a lot of films. Um, But we've now gotten to the point where we're watching more recent films. And I think we're watching films where we can appreciate how women are written in a way that feels relatable to us. I think that happiest season is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, and so I love that this show has grown to 
expand on like what our discussion around women and women's stories is and how many different types of women's stories there are. And I love that this year we've been able to do that by watching the films that were um, stories told by five different women. And yeah. that's fucking great. Yeah, that's And I'm awesome. excited. That excites me and makes me want to see if we can make that number even higher next year. Yeah. Ah, oh, guys, this is real. Spe- this has been real special, and uh, I, um, I'm ready to talk about happiest season. You guys ready to yeah. dive back in? All right. The house is a mess, Jack. The kitchen is a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. You seem sort of distant. Let's just do it, man. You look stupid and rich. Stupid and stupid and rich. Fascist. All right, let's get into it. And this whole town seems very, I don't want to say the word incestuous, but it feels like all the same families are at every function. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like, yeah. They're like the best. So like Riley's family, like Riley yeah. and her grew up together and they're all together. And like Connor's always there and they're all in the, I don't know, those girls from high school, those giggly girls, like everybody is always at all the same function. Seems like a real small town kind of situation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was crazy. Um, okay. Uh, what's on your what else you got on your list there, Sarah? So well, I guess we should introduce Anna Ga- Gasteyer. Yes. And we haven't really talked about Aubrey Plaza too much. We should talk about her too. Oh yeah. yeah. Anna Gasteyer, great as usual. Um, she's a campaign donor, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they're having to put like be more fake than usual i mean the family the whole family is very fake like their whole thing is very fake uh, except for jane jane's like really the only genuine person um and yeah so i'd say anna gasteyer is a campaign donor that they're trying to acquire. yeah and she makes it clear like if there's something hidden in your family like i won't feel comfortable get giving to you and um that just like drives the point home of like we have to keep on keep, keep up, up this charade yeah um i guess we should talk about right riley as well yeah so aubrey plaza great in this movie um rocking a rocking a so rocking those blazers both Kristen stewart and aubrey plaza rocking the blazers like nobody's business very nice so um so aubrey plaza is harper's uh is playing riley uh harper's ex-girlfriend first love first love yeah i think that's a better way to describe her first love so now do we think they got together before connor or were they together during connor were they like 14 or something didn't she say yeah we were best friends and then we weren't and then in like eighth grade or ninth grade or something like that yeah yeah ninth grade yeah maybe it was before connor maybe although i could see them maybe rekindling I don't know. I I think that there's no way she went all through high school not with women if she likes women. I don't know. We we won't speculate on that. But uh, their relationship, her and Riley's relationship ended. And actually, come to think of it, I don't think I would ever let that woman touch me again after what she did uh, (laughs) to Riley. That story, there are many heartbreaking stories in this movie. And the story that Riley tells Abby at the at the drag bar um 
is just like shattering. Like it just yeah. like the humiliation and the betrayal. Um, so her Abby is going through what is quite possibly the most awkward and uncomfortable holiday experience possible. Um, her she they go to dinner. The parents invite Harper's ex boyfriend. He's obviously still in love with her. Abby has to sit at like a chair that doesn't even fit at the table. And like at some point she goes shopping with the, and the kids are there and they put a watch in her bag. And I want to talk about that scene with the security guards. We'll get back to that. Um, that, So the family thinks she's shoplifting. She's not shoplifting. It's just, it gets worse and worse and worse to the point where the family doesn't want her to come to dinner with them that night, which is another situation where I, and again, I think this movie does a great job of justifying to us why, but at the in the moment when Harper is like, Abby, you, I, I think it's a good idea if you don't come to dinner with us. I think it's good if you have a break from the family. And it's really because they don't want her to come because they think she shoplifted this watch or whatever. I was like, if it were me, I would be like, fuck you. I'm leaving. You need to like, sh- you need to stand, you need to be on my side. Like you need to stand up for me or I'm out of here. Like the fact that Abby stays and is very patient for much longer than I think I would have been. Like that's love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but she ends up running into Riley and they, and her and Riley end up going to this, uh, drag bar and they have some beers and she looks relaxed for the first time. Like she can be herself, you know, for the first time since she got into this town. And then Riley tells her the story about, you know, because I guess all Harper told Abby was that Riley was her ex-girlfriend. But really, they were childhood best friends and they, you know, were in a relationship, but it was secret. And they used to leave each other love notes in the locker. And then one of Harper's friends, maybe one of those giggly girls, I don't know, finds the note. And instead of admitting that she's in a relationship with Riley... She tells everyone that uh, that Riley has a thing, is obsessed with her and is basically harassing her or writing her all these letters. And so the whole school like is like turns against like the, she she said that the people were mean to her and turned against yeah, her and teased her and teased yeah. her. And, oh, God, the humiliation. It's just like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is an intense betrayal. What's crazy is that when I heard that story, like it didn't shock me and not because of Harper's character, but because I feel like that is a story that is not uncommon. That is not unheard of. I feel like the way that our society, some parts of our society still Mm -hmm. views homosexuality, that that is something that people are, pushed into to behave that way and Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking on both sides like that Harper felt that she had to do that I mean obviously Mm -hmm. she shouldn't have done done that yeah you know but it also I think shows that she hasn't really been able to get past that like that was something that she did in high school to somebody she deeply loved I mean somebody who was her best friend yeah and then even now, years later, as an adult woman, she still is 
bringing the person she loves to visit her family, but can't admit that this is the person that I love. And that's heartbreaking for her. But then also like, I think a big warning sign to Abby that this is, you know, maybe not going to get better. And there's a line where in a a later scene where Abby's like, why, why do you hide me? Why are you hiding me? And Harper says, I'm not hiding you. I'm hiding me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which is, again, I think it would be in, in a lesser, in less subtle hands. I think that it would be very easy to hate Harper for the way that she treats Abby and the way that she treated Riley um, but I think the movie does a good job of showing in the writing, like why and how hard this is for her. But also, I think the actress, Mackenzie Davis, she does a really sensitive job with it, mm-hmm, does a really sensitive job of showing the anguish and the conflict that she has about She this. does seem like a very sweet person who just... <laughs> Her family has made her. She's afraid. Um, afraid. She's afraid. She she's a- like has lost herself when she's like she's not herself when mm-hmm. she's home with them. Mm-hmm. And I think we all can relate to what it's like when you go back home and you're around people that you don't like. You're. I mean, I, I haven't fundamentally changed as a person since I, you know, like, I I don't think, I don't think I fundamentally changed as a person since my life began. (laughs) But uh, there is, there are things about me that are like, this is, there's me now. And then there's me like when I was like in high school, right? Like that's a, that is, I, the fundamentals are the same, but, but the, but the, the model's different. I'm a different model. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm still a Toyota, but like I'm a newer Toyota. You know what I'm saying? You're a 2020. Went twenty Toyota Nicole. I'm a twenty twenty Toyota, and when you go back for the holidays, I think it's a common experience for us. When you go back and you're around people like family or friends that maybe are a part of your old model life, that you kind of fall back into those habits or ways or you know that those relationships. Mm-hmm. Like if you had a friend who was a little bit more, maybe you're a confident, strong independent woman in your regular life but when you were in high school you had your best friend was like domineering and made all the choices and when you're with them you kind of fall back into the relationship you know what I mean I haven't tried that I guess I I'm curious hmm seriously I don't talk to people that I don't that aren't part of my 2020 life (laughs) no I mean I'm still friends with my my high school friends but I'm not like we're not actively in in each other's lives we just we talk every now and then Mm -hmm. but we did we had a good relationship there there wasn't like a a power imbalance or I mean I was definitely more immature when I was friends with them so they might view me in a more immature way um I don't know I don't know what do you think Julie Um, yeah, you know, people change a lot, especially when they move away from home and, um, Mm -hmm. and they can't always be themselves when they go home because it may not be accepted and even met with hostility, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Um, confusion and cause they don't match 
who they were when they left. And they mm. may have just been pretending back then. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying, like, I am a lot different than I was in high school. And um, mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand someone falling back into some old um, patterns mm-hmm. of behavior when they go home. And uh, if they're treated a certain way, I, I don't, especially the household they grew up in, and that's hard to shake off. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And it's still bothering. It's still affecting her life, but because she has that distance from being that even the like geographical distance of being away from them, mm-hmm. I think that's let her be more her own person. But mm-hmm. she's still feels very scared to be her full self at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, t- I get, you know, I can understand that I mean, to a point, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And they've got, she's got that whole, the whole added pressure of like, I'm not just being, having to be put up this facade for my family, but now it's like, my mom's got this whole fucking Instagram account and the donors here. And like, they're parading me around as like the smart, successful daughter. And I have to, for my dad, I have to be a certain way, you know, like yeah. it's this whole thing. And I, I don't mean I understand what she went through. I just of mean course. like you could say if you changed your religious beliefs since you left mm-hmm. home or if you've changed your political mm-hmm. beliefs since you left home, like mm-hmm. that's what I'm referring yeah. to. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, there are people, yeah, there are people in my family that I do not ideologically relate to them in any way at all and I when I see them communicating about their beliefs uh, via social media I it's like hard for me to even I'm like do we even have anything like in common like do we even share the same like scope of humanity um you know so like I and then you but then you get put into these situations where you're like having Christmas dinner I mean obviously not this year because the pandemic and we're not spending time with those people this year but it's like you go you it's like that once or twice a year where you're together where you're like okay well like now we're gonna have to put on this act where we don't none of these things separate us you know what I mean um anyway let's see I think let's I think let's go ahead and I'd like to talk about the sister fight at the big white elephant yeah. party. Yeah. Um, so uh, Sloan has been picking up on little hints. Yeah. About Harper and Abby's relationship at the big dinner, the first big dinner. Uh, she asked Abby about where they were living and she was like, oh, I moved into Harper's and she's like, oh, isn't that like a one bedroom place? And so, and she's seeing them like almost holding hands at the dinner. And so she's starting to pick up on these little things. Also, I feel like as her sister, surely she must have picked up on some of this stuff in high school as well. Like there's no way she didn't notice something. Like I think kids pick up on things about each other that their parents yeah. will ignore, you know? Yeah. Um, But ultimately... At the white elephant party. Um, so it all kind of comes to a head. They've, uh, you know, Abby's kind of had it. 
by the time we get to this party. Like she feels kind of outside on the outside of the family. Um, you know, Connor keeps showing up. Her uh it seems to her like maybe uh Harper and Connor are like having this connection. And she is also, I just want to say that I'd want to sidetrack for a minute and say that I really loved Abby and Riley's relationship and how it was a supportive camaraderie kind of friendship where there was no competition for anyone's affection. Um, At one point, this was one of Chris's false predictions. He's like, oh, you know, they're going to kiss or something. And, you know, Harper's going to get you know, jealous. And I'm like, I don't think this is the movie that's going to do that to us. And I'm so glad that they didn't because Riley is just there as like a person who's been forced into all these same family situations, but she has, she has allowed herself or she has felt like she could be her her authentic self in a way that Harper can't. Maybe it's because of this awful experience she had when she was 14 against her will. Ow, ow, outed when she was 14 yeah so she's been in this life Mm -hmm. yeah but there's no like romantic love triangle or anything and I'm so glad that there wasn't because there was just support there from Riley to Abby and the later from Riley to Harper and forgiveness and I thought that was really beautiful yeah I I loved that I loved her character and how it was very just I mean Aubrey Plaza always plays characters that are like devious or Mm -hmm. like cynical or something and this was the first character that was just really wholesome and just like a a positive good person not that her other characters are bad people but they were always like like kind of a hard edge with a soft inner yeah, and but she still had that biting wit in this movie, which I think yes. she's so good with those. Yeah, she, she just was so great in this film, just so lo- lo- lovable. Mm-hmm. I will uh, say, I I didn't yeah. look at anything before I watched the movie. I didn't like research about it. I just wanted to come in mm-hmm. clean, fresh. Uh, anyway, uh, but afterwards, I totally did. And like Twitter is like they should have gotten together. <laughs> People are oh. like, I wish they would have gotten together because they're so amazing. You know, yeah. I'll be they actually have really great chemistry. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, chemistry. they did. Yeah. But I'm glad that yeah. they didn't get together because yeah. I, I really like that she was not there to, she's not like there steal to steal her. someone's girlfriend. Yeah. Like yeah. I think in a lesser movie, that would have been an element in the film. And, it, and, and then Harper would have gotten her heart broken. And the thing is that this movie empathizes with Harper. It doesn't say Harper's the bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. Harper, you do empathize with her, even though she's the one doing the bad things mm-hmm. for the most part. Like, yeah. you still want them to work out. I think this movie gives everybody a little empathy, even yeah. the parents at the end, yeah, which I think end, yeah. was good. I was hoping that they were we were going to get some kind of something besides one dimensional monster mom, and we did. Yeah. Um, but Correct. so. So Abby's had it at this point. She and 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 John appears because he's tracked her. Abby, Abby, and he's here to rescue you? her. Who are Thank you? Thank God, because I would have like, I was like, she's trapped there. She needs to leave. Like she cannot stay in this house. Um, and he comes to get her and has to pretend to be her straight. Ex- like, oh yeah, I'm her heterosexual <laughs> boyfriend, John. Here to get her back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
they so Abby is upset about Abby's like ready to go. She sees Harper and Connor together and she's like, I can't handle this anymore. And so she's packing up her shit and she's ready to go. And so Harper comes down and basically they have it out and where she has it's a beautiful scene about how she explains herself and why she feels like she can't be herself and the way she says that her and her sisters had to compete for her parents love like it wasn't given away for free that was just like wow like that's heartbreaking you know yeah and so then sloan sees them almost kissing and she is immediately going to go and tell her parents she's going to out her sister to her parents and then on the way they pass by the closet and her husband is making out with someone else so now they're having a sister fight in the race to tell the truth to the parents. And just pitting each other with Christmas decorations. I love a good, I love a Christmas movie where the decorations get trashed. I'm a sucker for it. I like to see a tree come down. I, I don't want to see it in my own house. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? What did you think well, about this, the fight? I thought it was very over the top, but in mm-hmm. a way that felt appropriate to the level of a emo- emotion behind everything I think that full-grown adults of course would not act like that Mm -hmm. but these people were they they were pushed they were pushed pretty hard yeah Um, neither one of them wants their secret to be revealed and they have regressed in this household too like coming home for Christmas they regressed to like being teenagers which yeah. I feel like sometimes you do when you're with your family and then Sloan just tells them and in the, that moment Harper is like can't believe it and then she says no I'm She's not like, gay I'm not gay and 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 Sloan's lying yeah and then A- Abby is oh. like mm. and she just like walks out like that was a moment when I was like no like I was I've- just been like no I that's like a deal no. breaker. That is a deal breaker. Deal breaker. Yeah. The like oh, Abby put up with so much already, and Riley's yeah. just sitting there like, mm. yeah. Yeah. I I was Riley, like when she's again. like she's lying. I was like oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't I, believe she said. Did that. they I cut to, like, to, oh to, to, to Riley? I forget if they, they cut did, to Riley. They did cut to Riley, and she just what was her face? Shook, she just kind of shook. She was just kind of shook her head like she was oh. very yeah. She was like oh yeah. my god. God. But did the lady say in the beginning of the movie how many people have been killed every year by Christmas trees? Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like they set that up, you know? Yeah, the they, did. they set up stuff really well in this movie. Okay, but the thing is that the look on Harper's face when she says that it was a lie is just a look of just complete heartbreak and just mm-hmm. confusion and and desperation, like desperation. To, yeah, and that broke my heart when I saw her like her face was just like so hurt and even though she was saying this hurtful thing like I just I, re- I really felt for her Oof. man but Abby was gonna propose to her I know Oof. um so then John and Abby take this walk and that's when we get this really beautiful speech from John <sighs> about how you know Abby's parents were very supportive when she came out and and John's parents were like like John's dad threw him out of the house and wouldn't speak to him for 13 years and he's like everybody's story coming out story is different and just because Harper's not ready to 
come out now doesn't mean that she won't be. And like the whole speech, it was just like, oh, it just like, yeah, I was just like, yeah. ri- I mean, it was so beautiful. So great. Somebody, please. I know Dan Levy already got an Emmy, but give him another one. Just give him a, just give it to him. Well, just the way it, it was written, it was definitely written by someone who is gay and has experienced that and knows, understands that yeah. understands that deeply how everyone's story is different. Everyone's parents are different. And, you know, you can't judge someone else's coming out against your own, you know, like, and I think that as a person, as a, as a straight person who's never had to go through this experience, I think it allowed me to sort of see a, a window into like, how complicated that experience is in a way that I would not know Yeah, without having someone else tell their own story and be able to observe that story through their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more, more complicated than, than just, than seeing it from one, one perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really beautiful, but basically Abby's like, well, I need to be with somebody who's ready now. And that's fair. That's like fair. she doesn't want to live that life and that that's fair. So she decides to leave and at the gas station, <laughs> another great speech, another beautiful speech at the gas station. She, you know, her and John are there picking up flaming hot Cheetos or something for dinner and <laughs> Harper tracks her down. Because she learned to track people because I taught her how. <laughs> oh, but first, um, the, a scene before she had, um, Abby had gone back inside and then Harper had told the truth. And then Abby had been yes. like, it's too, too, too it's late. It's too late. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And her, so her, fa- like she tells the truth and it, and also tells the family about how, you know, she felt like she had to, she couldn't be honest about herself because she was worried about losing their love and how their mm-hmm. love was conditional. And then Sloan, we see Sloan stepping up and admitting what's going on in her life in support of her sister. And, and Jane, you know, Jane's like, I don't have any secrets, but I'm an ally. <laughs> I know, yes. I love that. <laughs> um, and so... I don't want to spend too much time on the parents, but I do feel like I wanted to see some humanity there and some complexity. And they, and this yeah. movie gave it to us. And I thought that was really great. The way the yeah. mom is like, I wanted to take karate, even though yes. it's not elegant. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, also like, I think that it is hard because parents aren't always aware how their kids perceive them. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand how maybe they weren't aware of how their behavior had led their kids to believe that their love was conditional. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I think that even kids who really are close with their parents, if they're gay, they're not always sure. Even if Mm -hmm. their parents seem to be love them unconditionally, there is always that question of, well, what if I'm gay? Like they're fine with that that person being gay and that person being gay but like what if i'm gay mm-hmm. so i also think that i thought it was i liked that the parents didn't like immediately go but we love you anyway you know like yeah. we're okay with it like i i thought that it was much more 
in the movie's grounded reality for them to for the parents to not come around right away. But then, of course, we need a happy ending. And I wanted the happy ending. So I'm glad that they did eventually come around. And maybe it would have taken them a lot longer in real life, given how image conscious they are. But in the context of this movie and getting our happy ending, I'm glad that the parents did eventually like come around and say, you know, we're going to spend this Christmas together and we love you and we want Abby to be a part of this and we want her to be in the picture and the donor calls and says, I'll take, I'll donate to your campaign as if your daughter agrees to, you know, per- keep her relationship secret. And he's like, no, you know, we don't seem saying no, but we do say seem saying it's not going to work out with that donor. And so I was glad to see that he chose his family over this, the appearance. But I interrupted family. you in the parking lot. You were saying something about Harper coming right, to the yes. parking lot. I, yeah, the speech and her whole speech that uh, Abby is her family. And I think that's beautiful. I mean, I all the, the whole way, I actually, this, I was so, I guess what I wanted to say about the gas station is that in all these romantic movies, the big kiss at the end is the big deal, right? Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I felt like it really delivered. Like I felt super invested. Like when they finally kiss at the gas station, like I was very emotional. That gas station scene was very emotional for me to see them, to see her like saying like, I know I messed up. Please let me make it up to you. I don't care what they think because you're my family. And the way that as you grow older, like you have your family, but then you have the family that you choose and the person that you love and start a new family with like your family that is a, your chosen family and and I don't know I, I was very emotional during that scene and so when they kissed it just felt very yeah I was glad like that that Abby is willing to forgive her and I understand how hard this whole Christmas week has been mm-hmm. um but I am glad that she was willing to see beyond that to a future where they were both out to the, the family and they could have a life together and I think that it is really easy to get swept up in the moment of someone be, be behaving that way but when you look at the rest of your life like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she could see their future that she, together yeah yeah okay uh final thoughts final wait thoughts. there's a montage at the end of the, well, instagram, the instagram, feed. instagram feed yes I, I loved it i loved seeing all the pictures again i thought it was a really nice way much it was like a nice bookend to the sketches at the beginning um and we got to see them get engaged and uh he won mayor so mm-hmm. allowing the, his family to be authentic worked. They won. Um, we got to see them go to Pride together. They went to the Pride Parade together. And yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Clea Duvall was in that photo. Oh, no, I didn't see. Um, yeah. she. So Aubrey Plaza's in that photo. Riley's in that photo. And uh, Clea Duvall has like her arm around Aubrey Plaza in the photo. Okay. Um, and... We got to see mom go to karate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw pictures of Sloan and her ex-husband and the kids and how like they're still like mm-hmm. par- co-parenting and mm-hmm. um, and Jane. Did they be, were there any pictures of Jane? Oh, yeah. No, Jane was in there. Jane okay. had her big book. It was Jane having her big book reading. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it was a really sweet mm-hmm. uh, group of pictures and mm-hmm. the little um, blurbs that she had. You little know, hashtags and stuff. Little hashtags, yes. Yeah. I thought it was very cute. I mean, obviously, key, 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 keeping up appearances on yes. social media, but still. Yes. But you could see that the family kind of, in all of its imperfectness, became the focus. Like You could see yeah. that there was like a real transition there where, you know, like, they she's okay with having <laughs> pictures of her grandkids with the zombie makeup on for their birthday yeah you know yeah chris is like oh look it's our kids with a bloody cake for their birthday <laughs> <laughs> um so well so here we're here we are we're at the end final thoughts final thoughts on happiest season would you recommend it to a friend to watch this holiday season definitely yeah yeah i would i have i have i'll already i think i did too i've already done that yes (laughs) (laughs) yes and i have um yeah i thought it was a beautiful movie it was funny and it um the jokes it landed enough of the holiday jokes that you love but then twisted them in a new way that um i found it very enjoyable it was very it also got me in the christmas spirit we didn't even really talk about that but all the christmas decorations and the shopping and the a discomfort of being with your family and and the cookie i don't know why but the scene where they were making cookies made me feel especially like ooh, i'm ready to make some cookies like which is not something i really do very much is actually make cookies but i got very inspired by the cookie making i don't remember the cookies oh i've seen this movie serious? twice they I had like a whole cookies. this whole setup they were making cookies and gingerbreads and like i think that's when jane came in and said let's go ice skating is that okay. when that happened? I think it was when they were talking about going shopping. They were shopping, talking about shopping for the white elephant gift. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But maybe yeah, they went ice skating before that. No, 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 no. The I ice skating remember. was in the scene before. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it really, it got me into the holiday spirit. It's like, it was fun. It made and- me want to watch more holiday rom-coms. Yes. I know <laughs> why, but they'll never live up to this. This no. was too good. Um, but yeah, so definitely if you haven't checked it out, it's on Hulu. It's really funny. It's got a great cast. The writing is spectacular. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was great. All right. Shall we do some plugs? Um, but, 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 oh, Bechtel test. test. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're you're, you're totally right. Um, shall we do the Bechtel test? Let's do it. Uh, thank God Sarah's here to remind me. Um, I've only been doing this podcast for four years. Uh, all right. So does this movie have more than one female character in it? Yes, indeed you do. Yes. Do those two female characters have names? Yes. That's right. Do they talk about something together? Yes. And is it something other than a man? Most of the time, yes. Yes. there's they. This movie absolutely passes the Bechtel test. They talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, now, obviously, there's a lot of still talk of relationships, but they're also talking about the white elephant gift and appearances and family and familial love. And the, there are real, true female relationships in this film that matter and yeah. uh, all kinds of relationships, friends, sisters, uh, parents, love and relationships. Kids. It's uh, many different types of relationships. And uh, I think probably mostly women in this movie mostly women in terms and of a lot of gay, gay characters too yeah a lot of lgbt uh q characters um 
and LGBTQ actors in this movie. Um, so, yeah. Props to this movie for that. Welcome to Plug It Up. This is the part of the show where we talk about um, what uh, we're up to. Uh, things that we'd like to plug, things that we're doing, things that our guests are doing. Uh, let's start with uh, our guest, Julie. Uh, Julie, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Well, my website is uh, com, And so that's where I put all of that kind of stuff, like headshots, commercial print for actors. Um, I'm going to start putting our promo photographs we did on it because i love our critical crop top photographs yes um, yeah julie has done almost all yeah. of the promotional photography for critical crop top so any of the group shots you've seen for our sketch shows um she did some photos for us when we did the georgia made podcast which we still sometimes use for other <laughs> for other things um i love it branding photography is so fun yeah um film still photography for uh the parts that stay when we did promotional photos for that um and uh all kinds of different photos promotional photos that we've done uh julie has been the artistic mastermind of those photos <laughs> but uh so julie <laughs> does always a treat headshots lifestyle photography promotional photography and uh also retouching so um if you got yes some sh- headshots and you need those retouched uh julie is the gal to do i would it. love to do that for you Yes. Um, any other uh, sites or social media or anything else so people can keep up with what you're doing? Because you're also a writer and an <clears> actor <throat> and a model and you do so many things. Thank you. Uh, it's at Julie Jones Ivy for like Instagram and Twitter and more active on Instagram. But so that's the place to find me online. Nice. Nice. OK, cool. Um, all right. Um, and you can see Julie in uh, the Critical Crop Top Sketch Comedy Web Show, uh, which we have been plugging yes. for some time now. Uh, Julie's in the show. Uh, Sarah and I are both in the show. We also wrote and directed uh, several of the yes. sketches. Sarah directed me. That's true. Sarah directed the sketch. That, it was uh, really, really easy. I Julie's know. a Julie's great, great actress. <laughs> such a pro. Thank you. Um, <laughs> And uh, those will start, so brand new sketches um, written by myself, Sarah, Brandon Mitchell, Ava Davis, uh, Melissa Lee, and featuring tons and of awesome Atlanta actors. We shot it all over Zoom um, for safe and social distancing. Um, so it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, check it out. Um, there will I will start releasing those in January. And of course, you can find that on our uh, YouTube channel critical crop top so if you go to youtube and you look for critical crop top uh that's where you can subscribe to uh see these sketches um and also of course this vidcast as well you can see this vidcast for the feminine mistake podcast so you can check out me and sarah and our uh the absurd fact that we are basically dressed the same um for this episode we did not coordinate and yet somehow psychically we were linked when we put these outfits on um, I don't know if anybody noticed Perfect. my little Christmas tree Ooh. that I put in the background. Just a little, just a little Christmas tree back there. Um, so come check out the vidcast, uh, also on the Critical Craft Up YouTube channel and uh, the Adam and Andy vidcast. So any podcast that we do, there's an accompanying vidcast. And of course we got our, a bunch of sketches up there already. Uh, so, uh, and of course you can follow Critical Crop Top on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Critical Crop Top. Um, you can also check out our other podcast, the Adam and Andy podcast, 
Um, and uh, that is a, a podcast where we just watch Adam Driver and Andy Samberg movies. Um, and uh, we, at the time of this recording, we held, we'll have just watched Hot Rod. So Hot Rod will be up. And uh, I don't know what Adam Driver movie we're doing. That will be is TBA because we haven't recorded that episode. The yet, wheel so. will decide. The wheel will decide. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, we spin a wheel every month to figure out which Adam and Andy films we'll be watching. So you can find that podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. I think we're on there. We're on all kinds of stuff. Um, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Adam and Andy Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Adam Andy Pod. Send us your Adam and Andy memes and lusty pics. We like it. Lusty. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just like all the pictures you post. Just do you like them? I, I, I got to come them. up with something for Man Crush Monday tomorrow. I Don't you always Adam, see Adam me lo- like I just I love all of them. I know yes. you do. It's all for you, Sarah. Um, and of course, uh, we would love to hear what you thought of Happiest Season. Um, we'd love to hear from you about what is tell us one awesome thing that happened to you in 2020 we'd love to hear about that um you can find this podcast uh the feminine mistake podcast um on facebook and instagram at feminine mistake pod and you can find us on twitter at fem mistake pod and this has been a lovely evening ladies thank you lovely i feel thank you in the holiday spirit gonna go um, get some eggnog no are you no we don't have eggnog you don't you could get some at 11 at night oh i don't mean now i mean you've got the whole month sarah you've got a whole month to get eggnog um i did see some non-dairy eggnog and i thought about trying it out i i every year i give eggnog a chance and every year i remember that i don't like it i don't think i've ever had eggnog really i don't think i've ever had it it's like bitter there's something bitter. <laughs> like face. it's so good it's so good she was like nutmeg is it, is eggs milk. i do want to try it maybe this is the year 2020 let's just 2020, do it let's, let's just it's, go for this it this is the year to try egg 2020 is the year to try eggnog i think for that sure. is true <laughs> um, julie thank you for being on the show and talking with us about this movie thank you for being a repeat guest thank you. uh thank you for i love it doing a two-peat <laughs> yes <laughs> uh i hope all of our listeners have a happy holiday and i hope all of you have an awesome new year and fuck 2020 fuck it fuck it <laughs> 